Hi, this is Charles Wiz. And Tony Silva. We're two teachers talking. We're Tony and I get together and we discuss what it's like to be an educator in Japan, teaching English, working with Japanese university students, working in the Japanese university system. And today in episode 125, we're talking about our experiences with online teaching or emergency online teaching and what that's been like for us and our students and how we've adapted in this strange new world. And so, Tony, I, I think you're kind of in a similar situation where you're working with um, – I'm Zooming a lot. <laughs> you, you, I, and everybody else. <laughs> it seems to be a new word. It's amazing. That yeah. seems to uh, – what did you call it? You called it the weapon of choice. Yes, right, yeah. Yeah, how are you doing with all these new interfaces and sitting at your desk all day and have, staring at a camera with a screen filled with student faces or no student faces? Well, that's, that's really what it is, right? To just sit in front of a computer and talk into a microphone like all week long. Every day, all day, all week long. It's a lot of that. Um, and I, I think I, I understand the, um, the, uh, the move to, to Zoom because once you get the account straightened out, you know, whether you're, you're doing the, the pro on your own or whether it's through your university, which can, can make it more complicated. Uh, surprise. Uh, but, um, once you get it set up, ah, per, pretty bulletproof. <laughs> it's, it doesn't have necessarily all the features implemented exactly the best way that you'd want, but it's uh, it's it's improving, you know, pretty rapidly. They've already made some changes, some updates um, that have made it better and more secure. Mm. But uh, it's uh, solid. It's yes. it, 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 it works. <laughs> it works. Yeah, I I'm surprised that overall the number of problems I have with it are minimal. Yeah, I, I, I have think, a, I have an account problem, but that it, it's not a technical problem. Yeah, I think setting it up was not pleasant initially, and as you point out, it's especially if it's a school account. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know, once I've kind of played with it for a day or two, and you know, it just basically works. Which is exactly. a compliment. Which is a real compliment. And it, it, the the best the best testament to is that the right word testament testimony. I don't know whichever one that is. Let's is, go with testament. Somehow that works right now. <laughs> um, is um, the students don't seem to be having a lot of problems with it. And you know, as you always say, they're very creative in finding <laughs> finding ways to make things not work. And uh, there's surprisingly few student problems. It's, and that is the highest compliment. That is very true. Especially, I think, most of the problems students have are network. Correct. bandwidth problems. Correct. But I haven't seen any students uh, who really are having difficulty figuring it out that much. Um, and that really, again, is a compliment to Zoom. I I can pretty much use it. I don't worry about it not working. Uh, if I have 25 students in a class, I think it's common to have one student or two students having bandwidth problems. Correct. But it's I not a Zoom no, problem, right? It's not a Zoom problem. Exactly. It's not a Zoom problem. But I like what you said that if... The, the students can't find ways to derail it, <laughs> then that's quite a compliment to the system. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so you're using Zoom. Everyone's, it seems, using Zoom. But it seems that schools are splitting between synchronous and asynchronous and not combinations overall, it seems. I don't know. Do you, are you finding that true at the places you're working? I'm... Not paying a lot of attention. Um, See, what's new there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, yeah. I mean, that's my that's my want, right? I, I've kind, of, you know, from the very beginning, I just kind of went rogue and um, decided to do what I'm going to do anyway, and um, it worked. That worked. That's worked out very well because um, one, they really didn't know what they're doing, and, and, and you're not, you know, none of us did, right? And no one was prepared for this. Um, we've never had <laughs> done anything like this before, so that's not a criticism; it's just reality. And uh, early on, as is their want, um, 
they uh, wanted, you know, micro control of everything, and all the teachers had to go through all of their systems, and they wanted everything on their servers. And then I, I know some universities, if you were using Zoom, you had to record it, and they wanted you to record it and then upload your sessions to their servers. And it's okay. Well, that lasted about a day, right? And by the third day, they were telling all the teachers, no, 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 use anything except except our system. Because they had brain trusts, right? Um, no concept of the, the volume of data that they were going to have to deal with. There's no way to be, you know, no, no way to be ready for that all of a sudden. Um, impossible, impossible. So um, they all kind of come around to what I was doing initially anyway. Um, but, uh, and I thought early on that, uh, you know, cause I have several situations where I've got the same class, like on Tuesday I have three of the same class, same, same topics and just three different sets of students on Thursday, I've got four and then Wednesday I've got four and I says, well, you know, this is, would be a really good opportunity to, to just do some asynchronous preparations okay i can record the lecture and then put the lecture up and then have a discussion session and i don't have to say the same thing three times a day or four times a day that hasn't panned out um my and it's like a, maybe it's a chicken and egg thing that uh maybe it's because i'm talking to, to the microphone all day long i don't have time to plan and record something in advance to show them but um that just hasn't happened. I'm just talking all day long, hmm. over and over. Yeah, I. There's a lot in what you just said, <laughs> <laughs> and I think, as you mentioned, it was quite a thing to watch the implementation of just an incredible knee-jerk panic reaction and response to the realization that classes would have to go online. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's a couple of things I found interesting. The first one, I, and I think we mentioned this in the last cast, is the just bottom-up um, gathering of teachers starting to work together to learn the technologies without any guidance from the universities at all. That was pretty interesting to see, too. It was a really interesting thing to participate in as well as observe and you were quite active you were actually doing training sessions and such and um, um allison has had, had been doing a, a number of training sessions zoom things this is like yeah hurry up and learn it in the morning and in the afternoon you're going to teach somebody else um yeah i did an ad hoc thing or two um but um i i was i wasn't very comfortable with that because i i don't know this stuff i mean i was just learning it myself yeah, I don't think I was doing as much training as participating with people. And you know, I'd go into some other people's sessions, and I would help people out. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. We we should do a whole podcast on this because I think I've mentioned to you that, and I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but what else is new? That it was interesting to watch people who I know are student-centered teachers who believe in group work and you know bottom-up learning, for example, problem-based learning, go into a teacher-centered mode hmm. when working with other people. And I can't tell what... <laughs> no, it was an amazing yeah, thing yeah, to yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's interesting. And if you think, I don't know how many sessions you participated in, but overall, I did not see a lot of what I thought should have been student-centered teaching. Mm -hmm. or workshops or training. And I'm trying to figure out if that's because of the technology, the medium, or that that was people just reverting to, okay, when it comes to getting information out as fast as possible, I'm going to get on in front of the class and write on the board. But I found that alone, I mean, somebody's obviously got a doctoral dissertation on that. Mm. So I saw that, but the incredible outpouring of helpfulness on one hand, from people, this improvisational, just ground up based, a lot of people. I mean, there were so many groups going everywhere of people trying to learn the technology, and there was nothing coming from the universities at that point. 
So I find that the teachers I know who I'm in contact with are so far ahead of what their universities were doing. And that was really inspiring in a lot of ways. But again, as you pointed out, the, okay, you will do this. No, you will not do that <laughs> within like a 24-hour period. I know that there's one school that actually said, no matter what we're going to do, be doing A, B, and C, no matter what. And a week later, they had to retract that. And I just hmm. thought to myself, huh, that says something. Hmm. And it's just been really interesting. And it's been interesting to watch the students adapt at the same time to all the changes and how different schools have reacted and how the students have kind of have different levels of ability and comfort and awareness with using the tools. So that's been an interesting, interesting two and a half months. But now that we've started teaching online, it's all very, I guess, again, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, not, oh, I think there's one school I've heard that has done it really right. There's one place, and I was told about this, where, like, within the first week of when it was announced that the school would go online, they sent out an email that said, you will be paid normally. Right away. And I haven't heard of any other school that's done that. Um, Did I you think, have any I think, of I think your schools? Two, I think two of my schools. Well, there I go. That, so yeah. I'm wrong. Okay. There's two two schools did that and um, right away. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. It's very reassuring. Okay, and those are of course the two places you like to work, right? Oh, uh, one and one. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm really wrong today. I'm eating my words here. Okay. All right. So. Where should we start, you know, in terms of exploring this? Um, there's, I think, the the concept of just what's now known as Zoom fatigue yep. that I think everybody's going through. Yep. And it's, that's, a, that's a big word huh? because uh, there's uh, various manifestations of that. And uh, some are obvious, some are not. Um, and it's it's not easy to separate that from just the general self-quarantine fatigue uh there's some overlap there and uh just like the uh, the spread of the the virus itself the uh, the adaptation of this you know the, the online teaching methodology the zoom right for about you know, it's, it's i mean the de facto um mode of online instruction now is pretty much zoom um to uh separate th- that zoom fatigue from the from the, the the virus fatigue uh is is it can be tricky too but specifically as you said the zoom fatigue yeah i mean start with the obvious um the teachers the students spending so many hours a day so many hours a week sitting in front of their computers or in some cases their phones um in in a you know in in, in the same chair, um, that's really less than optimal. <laughs> that, is, that is not the way you want to go about living your life. That's that's hard, and it's not good for you, right? I mean, there's um you know basic health issues, uh, um, eyesight, and you you're focused at the same focal distance hours and hours and hours a day just like sitting in front um which can lead to headaches and, and you know if if you don't have a good monitor if you don't have a good chair even if you do have a good chair and if you um, have a good monitor and you gotta if you have a good monitor, if even you if you have chair, all the best equipment you're still sitting all day long and you have total lack of exercise you're not walking to the train you're not walking from the train to the school which by law is has to be at least a mile um uh, it's just such a shift and such a overwhelming, all-consuming, forced lifestyle change um, that it's um, it, it 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 sets you back. It's such it really, you're real, right? Your, your body isn't ready for that. Yeah, I heard that dig there by law that the schools must be more than a mile away from the station. <laughs> Do you have any schools that are close to a station? Hold on a second. Yes. You do. 
I mean, what yeah. do you mean close? Uh, I can walk from the station to the part-time teacher's office in about eight minutes. Okay. My closest one is 10. Yeah. 10, 12. But I, yeah. I, I completely understand. I used to think the law was that it had to be at least a 25-minute walk from the station to the school, and it had to be uphill. Uphill both ways, for sure. Yeah, uphill both <laughs> ways. <laughs> well, it's uphill after a long of six hours of teaching. Yeah. But it used to be, I used to think that. But yeah, the idea that we're, you know, sitting in front of the screen for six hours a day, let's say, or four and a half, it can mm-hmm. vary. But one of the things that I was thinking about while you were talking is that at least we're in control. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being a student for six hours a day with Zoom sessions. Yeah, because you're subject to the the whim of the teacher, right? Yeah, you're subject to the whims of the teacher, how well the teacher does that, the different voices, the different pacings, the different way teachers use Zoom. That must just be so hard for them. And since so much of the class is social for them, I just feel real bad for my students. But that was a that was a real big part. Of, like when I did, uh, I made intro videos for my kids, and that was a big part of like every intro video I did is that um, that uh, extension of sympathy for the loss of uh, the beginning of their university life because it's a big thing everywhere. Like for example, in our country, in the United States. Um, Students now having to deal with, you know, like, for example, high school seniors, you know, they're not getting their senior prom. They're not getting their graduation ceremonies. Um, and here That's in Japan, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the kids here, yeah, canceled, can't, no, no graduation ceremonies. And um, for students here, beginning university is, I, th- I think, I think I'm right in, in saying this, is a, is a bigger deal um, than, it, than it is in other countries. Because... Um, you know, all through junior high school, high school, they've they've studied, they worked so hard to pass the entrance exam. Everything is focused on this getting into university. And it's a real fork in the road. It's a it's a milestone in their lives. It's a big thing. And to get to this point and say, No, sorry, you're gonna stay at home and do this all on your computer. And none of the things they're looking for, because like you know, here it's like, okay, I got into this university, I'm done. It's party time, right? It's time for my clubs. It's time for my circles. Uh, it's a, such a big, as you said, it's such a big social time. And all that's, you know, they've had that, all those rugs pulled out from under their feet. Um, and uh, so far, <laughs> so far, they've taken it incredibly well. Um, we talked uh, before the semester's start with a couple of my former students, and we were struck by their hope and their optimism, and uh, started off with our classes, and uh, the kids were b- bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. I mean, they were they were really into it. They were happy to be there. They were, you know, the the novelty of this thing. They had that right. It was not high school anymore. They didn't have any, any other university experience. If you're, you're if you're teaching freshmen. They didn't have anything to compare it to, um, and they were fine. Um, and you and I have talked about this. It's like, well, you know, how long is that going to last? <laughs> I mean, that novelty is going to wear off, and I am, uh, for one, not only worried about a second wave of the, the COVID virus, but I'm worried about this um, backlash uh, when the novelty of this online teaching sets in. And uh, have you seen any indication of that yet with your students? Little bit here and there. Yeah, because we, we tell you, yeah, so for some of our university, we just started. It's like first week, second week. Right. But for some of us, we've been teaching already for four weeks. In your case, five, right? Yeah, I just finished the fifth mm. class. Yeah, I'm seeing a little bit of that happening. I And I'm trying to really put my finger on it. It just seems that people it's a little bit a little bit late trickling in is increasing instead of everybody being online five minutes before class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I see that. Just a general um, well, let me this is what I've noticed, and this is really interesting, even in the fifth week. What I'll do with Zoom is I'll start the session and I tend to keep my microphone off and my 
camera off mm-hmm. until about three, four minutes before class starts. Mm-hmm. And then I'll kind of make an announcement, say, welcome, please change your name to, you know, Roman alphabet, etc. And here's something I've noticed in zero classes. Even though the students will sign in, turn on their cameras, and they can see each other, mm-hmm. not a single student has said hi. Interesting. Same. Not a single student at all has ever, even though they're looking at all the other people, they will not talk to each other. They will not communicate to each other. And I mean, I've watched this and it's just total silence. And I've mentioned that to them, that I find that really interesting. Like, why aren't you doing it? It's kind of no different. So um, when you talk about fatigue or, you know, when the sheen kind of comes off, I wonder how much of an effect that's going to have, that they have no student-to-student talk that is not, for lack of a better word, enforced by me by using Zoom breakout rooms, where I put them into you know, basically a copy of a group work. So that hasn't changed, and that concerns me. Um, you know, sometimes students... Um, won't respond. I've noticed there's been a decline in the students' feedback. Like in the beginning, I told them, okay, do you understand? Do you not understand? Thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, wave the hand, etc. Now I'm seeing that return to the Japanese student um, ethos, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. of I'm not going to give the teacher any feedback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the big difference, I think. So maybe for me, what about for you? I haven't seen that pattern but that might just be a, a a result of my I don't know the way that the way that I teach or the way that I specifically teach at the beginning of the semester. Um, so I haven't noticed that pattern of a lack of feedback. I don't. I don't. I'm not seeing. I wasn't seeing. Well, you're not of, seeing any. I wasn't seeing any feedback at the beginning either. So, so uh, haven't quite noticed that. And uh, I don't know. If there's a difference. There's there's some, and it's interestingly enough, it's my. Second year students that uh, are a little bit more forthcoming with with feedback and things, they're a little bit less intimidated. Maybe well, that's normal, I think. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, I haven't noticed that change. Hmm. But I haven't looked for it either. So you might be, I might be happy. I'm just not seeing it. It could, it could be a, there's multiple variables that could be causing this. Yeah. What's interesting for me when talking with people, there's um three other teachers and we have like a Friday morning session at like seven to eight and we were meeting and working with each other from the beginning and two of the people are Moodle people and uh, very very good at using computers and very you know have a lot of experience about oh, we, we know these guys we we um you these we, are, we yeah, had them on the show George and yeah. Bill White, George Friends Trustad of the show. <laughs> yeah. And Bill White, friends Bill of the George, show. Yeah. Friends of the family. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just, they've been just unbelievably helpful because they have a lot of insights. But we were talking and with another uh, associate friend, colleague, and it seems that the people so far who have been most successful, and they were talking about the teachers they knew too, and this is true for me, is that the teachers who spent the first one or two online classes just basically getting the students comfortable with the tech, using the tech, training the students to use the tech, seem to be the most comfortable and having the best success in their classes. And that just, I should have asked them this, but I know that you and I spend the first two classes usually at least in the beginning of a semester, especially with freshmen, kind of training them to get used to working in a group collaborative environment, right? Sure, sure, yeah. So I think that's, if anyone hasn't started yet or if you just had your first class, that seems to be a common thing for success is make sure you train your students in how you're using the tech, how you expect them to use the tech. I know that I use breakout rooms a lot. Mm-hmm. I, sure. you know, I think mm-hmm. probably 75 to 80% of my class, the students are in breakout rooms now. Mm. And that took them a while to get used to because they were uncomfortable in the mm. breakout rooms. Mm-hmm. 
So I've tried different approaches to that. I've, uh, you know, just put them into breakout rooms with the activity sheets and then rotate them. And the other day I just went through, I guess, for lack of a better term, speed dating, mm-hmm, you know, where mm-hmm, they were in mm-hmm, breakout mm-hmm, rooms mm-hmm, for like mm-hmm. a minute. You have a minute to do your self-introductions and then bring them back in and out, in and out. And I think you have to just do that to the students so that they can become comfortable in the breakout rooms. So, yep. Yeah, little things like that seem to make a difference. Well, I think I think your observation is valid. I'm not sure that it's limited though to uh, anything to do with tech. I think that um, that uh, uh, mindset of the teacher. This is those are these are just empathetic teachers. So whether it's this new technology that you're teaching them, or for example, freshmen in a classroom, it's 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 all it's new. It's all new anyway, <laughs> and a teacher who's able to kind of put their you know switch places like okay what are these ki- what are these kids experiencing what what is it that they're feeling how do we get you know we here's where they are now this is where we want to get from their perspective what's the 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 path of least resistance and then mapping that out whether it's using zoom or whether it's you know in the classroom putting them into groups and things and or talking speaking out in front of the whole class those are all Things that need to get taught and uh, what's beyond teaching, it, it needs to be normalized, uh, and you need to do that in steps. <laughs> uh, and and uh, just the fact that now we're doing it on Zoom, and it's got to be d- done the Zoom way. And if we were in a classroom, we'd have to do the same thing in Zoom. And the teachers who would be more successful in the classroom probably are the same ones that are more successful with Zoom because of that, um, of trying to see things from the student end. That's an interesting observation. I agree with that. And it might be that that's one of the key things that does transfer over from face-to-face teaching to Zoom hmm. is the understanding that students need experience in, you know, okay, let me start over. I'm, I think I, on a stretch, you could call group work, for example, pair work or group work or interactive work, a kind of teaching technology. Mm, and okay. if you would just, it's a stretch, but if mm-hmm. you accept no, no. that, then this is just another technology that they have to learn to adjust to. Yeah, different tool. Right, because, you know, you bring those freshmen in, and I've seen it where I put them into groups the first time, and they don't know what to do. And number <laughs> two, it takes them a really long time to understand why I'm not walking around the room, eavesdropping and listening to their conversations. And we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. I trust them to work and I don't want them feeling pressure for me listening to them. And I've been wondering how that affects a teacher because when the students are in breakout rooms, only at the beginning will I kind of race through the rooms, just wave, make sure, thumbs up, thumbs down, check, and then I'm out. And then I won't really go through the rooms, and I'm trusting them to work and that they have privacy for me as a teacher to do the work and that they'll accomplish the tasks. And I'm wondering, what happens if you're a teacher who doesn't feel comfortable with that? Or you're in a situation where it might be more difficult to trust the students to stay on task. Yeah, it depends. Be- for me, it depends a lot on the, on the school, and it depends a lot on the classes. Yeah, because a lot of classes I do exactly what you're talking about, and then there's other classes at different schools where I don't trust them for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I if I'm not there watching them, they, they go right back into L1. Well, okay. So I mean, we let's just okay, let's run with that. Let's get hands yeah. on at this point because we've been very formal, right, and in the air. Okay. How do, how are you dealing with that? Well, what, what well, are you exactly doing to deal with that issue? I, I with those types of classes, I make a, a real effort to like bop into one of the break into the breakout rooms at least once during their the session. Um, I will also there's a um, function. It's it's not chat. It's a. Uh, Call announcement broadcast broadcast to all yeah like like I, i'll put them into groups and five minutes into the group i'll I'll just put a broadcast that just to say english with a exclamation point <laughs> say english because because i know they're not using english and they they might think that i'm listening to them right? yeah i was about to say why don't you just say i can hear you're not speaking english and they have no idea we have no way to do that <laughs> 
Okay. But on, but on occasion, you'll have students who, who have been, and, and they, they get quite indignant. So, we were spiking. <laughs> okay, but then again, you and I both know that that's common in a face-to-face class. Mm, mm-hmm. When you make the announcement, hey, come on, you guys, let's speak English. And the students look at you and go, we were speaking English. <laughs> who are you talking to? It's like, oh, sorry about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you'll drop in, you'll make some reminders, friendly reminders, gentle reminders, stay in English. But that's all I'll do, because I don't, I don't want to turn it into a police state. Right. I, I don't want to, I, I will not let them make me a cop. Um, but that's normal, too. Yes, it is normal. Yeah, again. Yeah. Hmm. It's the same as being hmm. in the real world. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm thinking that I've had enough time at one place, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to have them self-assess and say, how much English did I speak? How much Japanese did I speak? Did I try to use more English than usual? Hmm. And just use those kind of exit polls as a way to I've, I've almost never done that, them. but that sounds like an interesting idea. I mean, it's not a new idea, but it's like, I think, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that's maybe it's something to try. Well, you know, I, the, I think a lot of teachers will, will say this, but and I don't have any hard data on this, but my general sense is that Japanese students tend to evaluate themselves pretty honestly. If I ask my students, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, well, actually, no, they'll just actually rate themselves lower. But they seem, if I ask students, how much English did you speak versus how much Japanese did you speak? It seems that the numbers come out lower than I would expect if people were trying to boost their grades. Mm. I don't know. That's just a general feeling I have, and I really can't defend it. So, but yeah, some kind. That's what I'm thinking of doing is just going to a self-assessment and say, "Hey, how much did you do? How much English did you speak? How much Japanese did you speak? How comfortable do you feel?" And use that as a tool for just kind of self-monitoring and giving them a way to measure how much they want to try the next time. You know, I I mentioned. Um... Uh, early on in, in this in, in the podcast about uh, Zoom and some features that would be nice to have that we don't have. Um, no, uh, one among them, like, an easier way to like to do simultaneous presentations with the view of the speaker, like a split screen type of thing. But uh, what we're talking about right now, what, what I would find really useful would be a way to, um, for example, um, enter a, one of the breakout rooms and make that breakout room session observable to the rest of the class and use it as a model so for example you know you, you put your rooms i i do it pretty much random and it's like you know just look at the draw you get like one that's no, like i really, do mine randomly too that's what you know, get a get a group that's really hot you know there's a lot of the yeah. better students in there and they're also saying i say okay hey let's let's you know you mind if we you know go public and just you know pull everybody back together it's like hey hey Look, this is how it's done. Watch this, and then you make the the group, but the whole the group interaction is observable by the rest of the class. How would that be any different if you had, let's say, twenty students in a main session, and you ask those four students just to interact with each other in in the main session? I, I think that the 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 if it was like all together, I think that would put some pressure and some dampening effect on it but it would take away the feeling that it was just the group oh, i was thinking something very similar i was just curious how you what your take yeah. on that is. yeah that, that's my that's sense a, okay that's a real interesting research project also mm. that's an interesting research project okay oh, yeah. those those factors that uh, inhibit or encourage uh, interaction, you know what? You really break it down, and it's like, okay, let's make a list and say, okay, let's avoid this and and do this. Hmm. But I like that. That would be a nice feature. I could see how that could be valuable, kind of a zoom in on Zoom mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I find that uh, the randomly assigned students to the breakout rooms mm. saves. I don't know how. Okay, in my class, students are always counting off by a certain number, depending on mm-hmm, what group size mm-hmm, I want. Mm-hmm. This is really, really nice. I just have to set it, and it automatically will assign students to the breakout rooms. That's a nice kind of time saver. But you, go ahead. Okay, go, go ahead, please. You know, and um, one of the things, one of the problems that I'm running into with Zoom is that on well, my Zoom application on the computer, I've got the paid version. I'm fine. I'm pro. But then all the settings are online, right? All the advanced settings are online, mm-hmm. and online. 
I'm not a pro, it, it's not recognizing me as a paid user. So I'm not I don't have access to a lot of the features. And one of the features is group management. And for most of my classes, yeah, in conversation type classes, I, yeah, the, the random is all I need. However, oh, one of the classes I teach is an international communication class. It's first semester of survival skills. The students are now divided into groups based on the individual countries that they are going to study. And I want to make those groups permanent. I want to be able to hit the button and say, okay, these are the London people, these are the, the, the California people, these are the Hawaii people, these are the New Zealand people, these are the Australia people. And it's like, boom, I want to make that permanent. And there's a way to do it, but I don't have access to it yet. I got, I, there's a number I have to call someday. Um, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't know that you can actually make permanent groups. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a pro. It's a pro feature, and uh, you got to go to the online settings. And uh, there's something I think it's called group management, or you think it's user management and then group management. And it, it, I found it online as, as as a help article. Then tried to do it, and then it. I just don't get the options because it doesn't recognize me as a, as a paid user. Oh, that's great because I didn't even know that. Thank you. It's a little bit complicated, but yeah, you can handle it. <laughs> no, I don't know anymore. I yeah. don't know anymore. Sometimes things get too complicated. Com- yeah, complicated versus complex. Okay, but let's not go there. That's a nice feature because then I can have my students able to work together in their projects and do things. Okay. Have you been doing any um, exit polls, exit Kind of questionnaires to get a little a sense bit of how your students a little are bit and I've, do, I've done that primarily to somehow and, and this is something maybe you can help me with to deal with the attendance <laughs> issue how do you do you check do you check attendance and if you do how I mean it's easy if you get a class of 10 but if you got okay. a class of 40 <laughs> what do you do well okay there's a couple of ways you can do it with an exit poll <laughs> well if you take names. Right. I think some people, what they're just doing is they're uh, saying, okay, everyone, um, what is, you know, I'll say my favorite food is something. And I'll say, okay, please type into the chat area my favorite food. And the reason you do that is because it's a time-sensitive question, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. And the people in the chat will then type in the answer and then you just copy and paste that into a text file, and you have the names of the people who were there. Okay. You can compare that on the list. The other way is I think you go onto the website and you can you look at records. Not or, anymore. They took that away. No, usage. I just did it yesterday. Did you? Allison told me they took it away. Someone else said that you could do it too. But that's another one that I don't have access to. Right. But, but what you, it, it takes a little bit of time, and then it, you have to click on this and then click on that and then you get to a point where you say click on unique visitors and then i found out that if people come in and then you know they the they have to they lose the connection they come back they're considered unique visitors and sometimes the students will come in on one name and if they change their name after they come Mm -hmm. in that has an effect so taking attendance is a pain and um i've actually been just using it you know, attendance as a way to say, hi, how are you? You know, like, okay, Yuki. And then Yuki says here, and I say, hey, how are you today? In the same way that you would do that in a regular class. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm one of those people who just thinks that attendance is something not to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I give quizzes and the quiz will serve as a, an attendance mechanism, but it's, it's university, right? You know, and I know that there are students who will take advantage of that, but you know if you're well yeah, i don't yeah, I, I i take i take attendance all the time but i don't use attendance in the grade calculation at all right i use it as a just a tool for myself because again i've got a, lo- a lot of classes i've got big classes um i use it as a kind of barometer and it's just like a signal it's like okay if a kid is cuz i might not notice you know i you know like on like on, on thursdays i've got four classes all of them have more than 40 students uh, especially online, <laughs> who the hell are they? I have no idea. Um, but with the attendance, I can look and say, okay, well, we've had four classes, and these guys, the girls, have, have missed two of the four. Okay, in the next class, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch for them, 
and it's gonna say, okay, what's going on? Is this a is it a depressed kid? Is this a jerk? Is this you know is is, is there something else going on? And, and you know, draw them out a little bit. Maybe you know, call on them. It's like make them make sure they feel like they belong. Whatever, whatever it might be, or. You know, if I know that a kid's disappeared, because at this point I wouldn't know if they've disappeared or not, because I've maybe never have seen them or I've seen them once. Um, if I don't take that attendance, I have no idea if they're there or they're not. And so, and some of my schools are fairly strict about attendance. Um, one school is extremely strict. They we until last year uh, we had to submit attendance reports for all our classes. Hmm. Yeah, let me rephrase this. Yeah. <laughs> I I I, ha- I have a place that's like that, and at that place I'm careful with attendance. But what I meant to say is that I don't do attendance in the traditional way of calling out a name and checking if somebody's present. Mm-hmm. I have other mechanisms for doing the attendance. So, well, yeah, that's what we. I mean, that's what I want to know. It's like what kind of what kind of mechanism well, you're do, using? I do. Right? A, I almost always have a quiz. Okay. Right. There's almost always a mm-hmm, quiz mm-hmm. in the class. And I'm using Google Forms for these things. And there are ways to use Google Forms privately. And I've talked about my privacy system. And so I just have to give a Google Form quiz or even just ask a question. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Right. And I just I get, you. you know, I get the student's number and um, their identification and it's all done. But I just you know need to be really clear that attendance, I get attendance information if it's needed and if I wanted to see who's coming, who's not. But I just do it through a non-traditional attendance mechanism. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, right. So for for teachers, something like using Google Forms is a, a real easy way. And Google Forms are really great. Yes. Yes. Really nice. Really nice. The Socrative for like uh, quizzes and tests. But um, Google Forms gives you a little bit more flexibility. I, I, I use those a lot. Mm. And you just have to be careful with privacy, I think. And uh, at least I am. I know some places. I know you. Yeah, yeah, you're very big on the, on the privacy, which is a good thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's more because you know my school where I work, they're very serious about privacy. Like mm. you know, they they seem to to feel that student ID. There was things like we shouldn't students shouldn't see each other's names or student numbers when using Zoom. <laughs> I think something like this came out. I couldn't quite understand it. It wasn't really clear. But it just seemed like they were going over the top in terms of privacy. And as I said, you know, I'm just not really sure how valuable a student ID number is. Uh, yeah. I wonder about that. You know, it's not like a credit card number. and But out of respect to, you know, that's the requirement for the school. But also just to help students learn to be private. I've talked about this privacy system because they don't – most of my students, for example, I know I'm segueing here real quickly, but you know, most of the students don't know to even have a throwaway email address. They won't have that junk email address. Right, this right. is what I use to sign up for all these yeah, yeah. services. Mm-hmm. So, you know, trying to teach them and train them some things there. So but anyway, so what I'll do is quizzes are really good. You get the information, you find out who's present, you can see, and you can ask a question like, what did you learn today? How did you feel today? And that works perfectly. And if you have the student number, some way to, if it's okay with the school or you have the system that I use that has a, a you know, the assigned student number, I can just simply see who's there really quickly and I have my attendance and it's all done very nicely. But that would be something actually Zoom would work on, should work on. It's like, you know, some kind of attendance function. But... That actually moves us to the next point, right? Which is Zoom is not a teaching tool. Right. Zoom is a meeting tool. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's why a lot of those features don't fit real well. I mean, right. we, we, we were this misfit because we're really, yeah, we're using the wrong tool. <laughs> but the best tool we got, but it's it's not the right tool. Yeah. And someone I know has mentioned this a number of times where they talk about that. The biggest mistake they see with schools is that the schools think that this tool is the teaching. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to run with that one? Um, I, I don't necessarily want to run with that one, but that is a, it, it, I have something that's going to just, just, just in terms of, <laughs> in terms of the university um, perspective and um, uh, Zoom and online teaching, I'm going to read something to you. And uh, this is verbatim. 
and uh, I'm just going to let it drop. I'm not going to say anything about it. Here we go. Regarding online classes and students' learning environment, once more, we would like to ask you to bear in mind the following points. Avoid making the student's own face or voice mandatory to be shown during class. In addition, please be sure their choice regarding this matter does not reflect in their grade evaluation. And how long is our silence going to last? (laughs) So, if you want to talk about the gulf (laughs) of an understanding between what is happening in one part of the university to the other, um, I think that kind of sums it up. But I have uh, to... Oh, oh, I got another one. I got another one. Just talking about... Just to to bag on these guys. Um, It's something you would never do. Not me. Normal situation. Not me. Not you know, us. I'm, not I'm a real. Te- I'm a team player. But you um, are. You are. You are. <laughs> um, I've seen you play on a team. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I choose you, you my. Play, I choose my teams nice. carefully. Yeah. yeah, you can play nice. Yeah. Um, so we all, all the universities, we're all teaching online this semester. Uh, many of the universities, the students are not allowed on campus. Um. This week, uh, Thursday morning, uh, I was looking for an interesting top. I I was going. It was a. I'm teaching. This is for essays for persuasive essays, and I was looking for an interesting issue that would be, you know, have an opinion and then find reasons and so forth and so on. And the university kindly provided me with an example. Um, They announced. They announced that (laughs) as of. And look at the timing, right? So we've already established we're all online for the semester. The university announced that starting June 1st, the lunch period, which is now 12 to 1, would be extended from 12 to 1.30. So that, that the crowding in the cafeteria would be reduced. Who the hell um, is in the cafeteria? Um, <laughs> and why June first? I mean, it's okay. September, got it. We'll come back in the fall if we're in, on campus. Sure, that makes total sense. There's nobody on campus, and they just just, just ninety minute lunch to reduce so the crowding in the cafeteria. So class times have been changed. Yeah. So, so third period now begins at one thirty instead of one o'clock. Wait, okay, and the end of the day wait, is another 30 wait, minutes wait, later. Wait, wait. This isn't like effective September. No, June 1st. So the employees are working from 12 to 1, let's say. And so let's say they're But it's a class to it's a class schedule. The employees I understand. I, I, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> you see where I'm going with this, right? Everyone has lunch from 12 to 1. Students and employees maybe? Maybe? I don't know. Um, you know, this is a separate <laughs> very long episode about all those like i i have a i think i have a whole collection of these kinds yeah. of things you know but i want to go you know i'm just no i'm not going there i'm not going there <laughs> it's like i want to go home i want to go home but i <clears throat> want to go back to the first one where you said not making it mandatory yeah acquiring students yeah. I, I could hear, this is what happened yesterday for some reason i don't know what happened all my Zoom faces, for lack of a better term, let's say 14 students, a very small class, actually, 14 students, everybody's um, just went blank. I had nothing but a black screen in front hmm. of me, a Zoom black screen. And I consider myself to be relatively experienced as, a, as an educator and to be comfortable with tech and to be comfortable with managing problems and problem solving and troubleshooting. It took one minute for me to say, okay, I cannot do this. I cannot see your faces. I can only hear you. This is really uncomfortable for me. I need to restart my Zoom session. Yep. 
And that if somebody actually told me I have to teach to a blank screen, I would just say, okay, excuse me, but you know, you come here and you sit in front of my desk and you talk to these students for 15 minutes. And then I realized while saying that, that they would have no problem because it's one way. Yes, absolutely. It's right. And they're not, and a lot of people are not concerned at getting feedback. You know, this goes back to, you know, when you walk past a classroom. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Is exactly say that, that shock in the early years when you like, walk in the hall and you, you, you look in the window <clears throat> and the class is in chaos. Like, half of them are asleep. They're, they're, they're doing whatever they're doing. And this guy in front of the room is just he's reading on. from his, from a book and waving his arm around, not looking at the class at all. And he's just reading from a book. Well, that's fortunately become a lot rarer than when I first started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see that as much. But <clears throat> what I think that tells us is that there are directions coming down the pipe from people who have not even tried the technology and are just looking or, at or the teaching. rules. Or haven't even taught. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, there's – hey, you want to talk about a real gripe? <laughs> you want to uh, – you know that I, I'm trying to think of anyone who actually sent out an email – any schools that said, as teachers, what do you suggest we do? What recommendations <laughs> do you have? Yeah, right. Okay. I know. Breathe deep. <laughs> Go to my happy place. Go to my happy place. The Anyway, this it's just griping, you know, talking about just the incredible amount of top-down mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that came mm-hmm. through at a time when they – and that's why we were talking at the beginning, the incredible bottom-up – Sure work that the teachers sure. did. I mean, I pretty much know a bunch of people who could have gone in and trained the entire school by saying, hey, I've got, you know, four weeks of uh, Zoom training under my belt. Right. But anyway, um, okay, so let's see if we can give some concrete help to people here or suggestions. So well, I don't know use- how I don't know how concrete this is, but I, I have an interesting idea. I know this is kind of okay. late. Go but um it. but I think it's I think it's I think it's a real thing. It's something to be aware of. And this uh, is something that affects us as teachers, especially those those of you with heavy teaching loads. And it's something that I think is going to affect our students and maybe the second and third, fourth year students more, is that by um, having all of our teaching slash learning online, there are all kinds of spatial clues that we're losing mm-hmm. that can help our memory. Mm, we were talking about this. So, so, yeah. So for me as a teacher, it's like I'm sitting in front of the screen and it's so much easier to forget what university this is, what class this is, what we did last time, what we're doing the next time. You know, if you're doing this in real life, you're on a different campus. You're in a different teacher's room. You're walking into a different classroom. All of those cues help you remember what is happening and what you're doing. All that's gone. You've got these files. They all look the same. And the students as well. All that are classes, it's all in that same room. It's all on the same screen. There's nothing unique. Well, there are things that are unique, but they're losing all those other unique memory clues that is going to really impact their ability uh, to remember uh, things, for example, on exams and so forth and so on. So um, I think that's huge. Hmm. Well, it's interesting because I've, I feel the same way. Like sometimes I'm, more, I'm wondering what planet I'm on or I can't tell anymore if I've already said something or not. Mm-hmm. And I know I've seen myself make some mistakes that I would almost never make, you know, in right. terms of scheduling and just forgetting things. So that's a real important point that, you know, I've had that same experience and I wonder how the students are dealing with it because everything's blurring and blending for them. They don't, I mean, they don't even know my name after like the yeah, sixth week yeah. or seventh week. Well, that's, that's normal. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's and again, I think we talked about this. I, uh, uh, you, it was one of your students in, in the podcast who mentioned that being at home is, it's harder to focus Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. than it would be at, in a class because of distractions or, 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 or at, at, a, at a coffee shop. Or, yeah. Or at a coffee shop, for example. Hey, there's like, we should get some endorsement from Starbucks for just calling them out. But it's very true in that sense that, yeah, I wonder how that's going to happen. The flip side of all this, Tony, is I'm wondering what's, I'm, this is my guess, is that in the fall, when students have to start going into school, like for one class or two classes, uh. 
or like one of my students has like a first period class and a fourth period class, mm. they're going to be wishing for the good old days. <laughs> I think. I think I so. How, Some, a lot of them will, yeah. I think there's a certain percentage of students who will say, hey, you know, online was not so bad. Mm-hmm. I think especially first period classes. Sure. Where, you know, but of course, then this disadvantage is by the time the students get to class, you know, that's like they're, they've just woken up <laughs> like yeah, 10 yeah, minutes yeah. before. But I'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that. But yeah, the blending. And I imagine what it's like for them. I try. I try. I'm I'm trying real hard. Yeah. I wonder how they keep track of all these things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, um, but I do want to talk about uh, a little tech tip. I've mentioned this before that might be helpful. If anyone has an iPad, especially an iPad, a newer iPad that accepts or uses the Apple Pencil, that using that with Zoom. As um, when you use share a screen and then you can set your iPad either through a cable connection or AirPlay and then you can write on the scr- on your iPad as if it's like a blackboard. Mm-hmm. And especially I'm using uh, GoodNotes, which is a nice app for taking notes and that has handwriting recognition. I'm able to put my documents into that app. I can then show my students that app and I can highlight on it. I can mark it with a pen. There are there, It has a laser pointer, which lets me show where things are. And I know that Zoom has these functions, but it's really hard to write on the whiteboard with a mm-hmm. trackpad mm-hmm. or a mouse. This actually recreates the experience for me. Yeah, I can see and that that would work really well. It works really, really well. So for those people who do have like an iPad Pro or an iPad or any iPad that takes an Apple Pencil – do look into the Zoom, share screen, use iPad, and then using your pencil and an app like a writing app, any writing app will work, but especially good notes, which just, you know, the highlighting, right, where I can just highlight and say, okay, this is what's key, and I can erase. And there's some other apps also that work really well. There's another one called Concepts. It's a drawing app, but what's really nice about it is that um, – it, it uses layers, so I can actually mark on a paper and then erase like one kind of mark, but the other kind of mark is left. And what I want to say to to the listeners is, even though you might be two weeks or three weeks or four weeks in, try some new tech, try some new things. Don't just settle into what you have because I didn't start using Good Notes until last week, and suddenly. I think I mentioned this to you the other day that I didn't feel as tired at the end yeah. of a class yeah. because it was I kind of was, ah, I got my whiteboard. I can explain things. Um, if a student asked me a question, I could write it out. It just wasn't being dependent on, you know, the visual and, you know, the audio visual interface, so to speak. So that's, you know, find some good tools and there's some nice tools there that can be used. Um, the share screen. If you haven't used the share screen yet, you got to get into share screen. Do you use share, share screen a lot? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So between breakout rooms and share screen, I think that's 100% of my class. Yeah, I almost never use like the share the, the desktop, but to share for individual windows and applications. Right. All the time. I use it all the time. And I use use that for web browsers too, right? So you, whatever you, you know, if you've got like a YouTube video that you want to share, you can use, use you know, share the the browser window and share the YouTube video. Right. And that I, the ability just to share the, the window. And then what I really love, and this has been, it's really been helpful is that if I'm showing my website or the other day I was showing um, how to use Ted talks and that there's the, the captioning option. Sure. You you just blow up that window. You just zoom in and the students see the zoom in the same way you do. Right. Very nice. So, Play around with the share screen function. Which yeah, the screen really function helps. is really nice because um, you know, you're talking about using the iPad and drawing and things, and um, Zoom does have its whiteboard function. Mm-hmm. But if you're actually working with text, it's really clunky, <laughs> mm. and yes. um, you can um, instead, if you're if that's what you're doing, if you're typing text, um, just use a blank page of your usual text editor or word processor 
you know, just like in my in and Word or screen, Pages, yeah. whatever it is, just a blank sheet. Use that. It's a lot less clunky than um, the Blackboard. If you're drawing things, and if you or if you want, like for example, student annotation and things, then the the Blackboard is. I mean, the whiteboard is fine. Um, but if you're just like, you know, for example, you know, putting up sample sentences or typing in, you know, you're having student ideas that you're making a list, um, sharing a, just a, a one document, you know, one window of a word processing document is way easier to use and it's something you know how to do. Um, you're not fiddling around with like all the different tools and, and whiteboard and things. It's just a lot smoother, a lot easier. Yeah. So what you're saying is that you would use Zoom's share screen share right. or your text editor window, and you're just typing into that. Right. right. And you're typing in your notes, for example, for students and things. Yeah. Yeah, there is a way to also use uh, like an, a phone as a camera, yep. an additional camera. And you actually, if you had a little tripod or something, you could actually just position it above a piece of paper and you could write on the paper yep. and students would see your writing. But the thing I, I think... I am suggesting strongly, and I think you are too, is that you do need that kind of whiteboard component. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And something. That's, you need something. You need something. Look at like this. That. You need to say, look at this. There's so many times in the classroom, it's like, I need, I need you to look at this. And that's where you go to the other, go to your tools, right? And if you got to know how to use a certain number of, you got enough tools in your toolbox. It makes it more effective. It makes it easier. And you, when you said talked about uh, exploring new tech, yeah, now it's time to expand a little bit. So the basics at the beginning, yeah, keep it simple. Basics, you just get the basics. Who knew that Zoom would be this easy? So, okay, fine. I think most people have kind of managed it at this point. It's like, okay, now let go level up. Okay, go another way. You know, put something else in there. Yeah. And this is just a, a shout out to people who don't like tech and and not making a judgment call on that at all. I just happen to like it and find it useful and it helps my teaching. You're already using tech. The worst part is probably over. Now you can figure out which parts of the tech will actually help you. And so don't don't just stop. If you're in there, try to find out some kind of whiteboard or you know just use your text editor and use screen sharing because Almost nobody I know does not use a whiteboard, right? Nobody, right? Yeah, or a blackboard. Yeah. Everybody I know mm-hmm. is at some point in time picking up a whiteboard marker or a piece of chalk or some other way of visually communicating to students. And remember, by the way, there are students who do have those kind of preferred modalities. Yeah, well, it's just and, just just to basic teaching, right? It's like another you've got the the, the oral input, and you got the visual input. You want right. as many different kinds of input as you can as you can give them. And it's not that much of a stretch to go from what you're doing now, just using Zoom and talking into a microphone and a camera, to using the screen sharing and be able to do that. Yeah, chalk chalk was high tech at some point. Your projectors, remember? Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Okay. Tony, we're over an hour. Yeah, let's go. People have probably left. Yeah. <laughs> I want to leave. Okay. <laughs> this is but, Charles but, Wiz. But I, I enjoy talking quickly. to my computer so much. Yeah, I, I, like, I, really I rarely sp- get the chance. <laughs> I really want to spend more time in front of a computer talking to another human. God. But at least, uh, but interesting, um, probably uh, viewers don't know this, but Tony and I don't use a camera. Yeah, we don't see each other. Yeah. We don't see each other, so... <laughs> For some reason, it's very comfortable for both of us to do it this way. It's always, it, is, it is nicer, isn't it? It's a, you don't have that pressure of being like on stage. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's a one time where you were helping me with uh, the audio editing software, right? And uh-huh. by the way, everybody, I'm sorry about my dog whining in the background. He's about to get fed. But um, <laughs> right the other day, you, you were helping me with the audio editing, and we actually did video, and it was just so weird. It was just yeah, so strange. Look at this screen. You don't want people to see this. Yeah, yeah. It's every, yeah my poor student. Yeah. By the, have you been making videos, by the way? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I made intro videos for all my yeah, classes. Yeah, right. You do the intro videos, and all of a sudden, it's kind of like, hmm, I wonder if I need to go to the plastic surgeon now. <laughs> well, see, I, I'm lucky. I have a really crappy camera. Good, good strategy. And it's a really it's, crappy camera. You are and so it, kind and to it's your so students. fuzzy and so blurry that I don't look bad. 
Yeah, I, I made the mistake of getting a pretty good camera. I think it was a serious <laughs> mistake. I should have just bought some real like 900 yen camera or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe that's a good note to stop. There we go. Okay, so once again, this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we're two teachers talking about online teaching and COVID-19. And you can mm. find us at multiple places like, you know, two teachers talking at gmail.com, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Okay, so Tony, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. All righty, man. Stay healthy. Stay, yeah, stay negative. <laughs> That's what I say to people. Stay negative. Okay, be well. Bye.